0: Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Aerial Tribe community where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are gonna equal results in their life. On this podcast, we wanna provide a
1: space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people
0: to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Ariel the Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever's going on in your life, we would love to invite you to The Tribe to learn how you can live a committed life.
1: You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com, that's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com, to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to The Tribe.
0: So Aaron, let's get on with the show. What's up tribe?
1: We're back. We're back. So excited to be here. I'm Aaron here with my friend Jason. How's it going everybody today? We are, uh, we're excited about this episode. I am particularly excited and let me tell you some background about why we're doing it and then we'll jump into some of the content. Uh, This last week I was introduced to a guy by the name of Steve Cuss. That's right. Cuss. C-U-S-S. Um, And I just want to be real up front. We're going to discuss his content. This is not original to us. This is his stuff. He has a podcast called Managing Leadership Anxiety. He also has a book called Managing Leadership Anxiety, and we will link that in the show notes, uh, both the podcast and the book. But um, this is his content, but it was so moving, uh, to me. And I was like, Jason, we gotta, yeah. we gotta do a podcast around some of this.
0: Yeah. Stuff. I, when I read the notes, uh, you know, it was a busy week, but I read it. I was like, oh wow. Okay. There's, there's definitely something here. Yeah, There's something here pretty big time. It,
1: and it, and it has kind of, a, a unexciting name managing leadership anxiety, but this is so, um, it's so rich and so full and so getting to the thing below the thing, below the thing that drives us and, and makes us make good decisions and bad decisions. Like this is something that I think is valuable, even if you don't find yourself being a leader, when we're wrestling with sources of anxiety, um, that's pretty profound. Yeah. I pretty agree. Profound. So let me let me define this. First of all, yeah. um, his his podcast is tremendous i would I would recommend that you go and plug into that um and had I been on my a game, we would have had him in for an interview actually just sat with him. He lives in uh broomfield colorado he's uh, oh cool um not far from here so um he would he's accessible but anyway we may we may actually do that in a, on I a think future it'd, yeah i
0: think it'd be a great idea
1: future episode but um when we're talking about anxiety, we're not talking about um all sources of anxiety so we're not talking about trauma anxiety and that's a big deal because when you're talking about uh, sources of anxiety that are like the world that we're going to be speaking in is more in the world of chronic anxiety what that means is um, what are the the things that repetitiously keep getting me worked up? That we um, kind of create ourselves, yeah. In a way. And and whatever the belief system is that's driving that yeah. internally, it's the the we're kind of always carrying that. And even if you're like, oh, well, I'm not an anxious person, that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is what are those things. And we all have them. what are those things that are getting you kind of ramped up? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking about that. Uh, not not trauma, not acute anxiety. We're talking more about long-term chronic uh, anxiety. Um, what are the things that make you fear? And that's important because we all have those um, and and that winds up being a big problem for us. And, and if we're not intentional with it, it, here's the thing about any any part of your life that shows up in relationship, if you're not intentional about it, it'll get the best of you. hundred percent. And then we wind up really making mistakes. Um, this is rooted, for those of you that are uh, nerds about this kind of stuff, this is rooted in what's called systems theory. Um, Pete Sca- Scazzaro is one of the big um, uh, writer writers in this area. um Sorry, my f- headphone went sideways. I'll edit that. Uh, but this is—he's a guy that has a lot to say. He's got the emotionally healthy church, emotionally healthy leader, emotion, emotionally healthy discipleship, emotionally healthy spirituality. That's all there. But if you want further reading, or if you want to jump on YouTube and and research systems theory, um, that's something that can um, can really help us out and give you more information there. What we wanted to focus in on is, is this. Um, there are five core false needs of every human, and these are, um, in a broad sense, these are the sources of chronic anxiety, the things that when these needs don't get met... Um, they wind up creating an anxiety within us, and not not everybody has all five. Maybe somebody, some people do, but if you're one or two or three or four, um, you get to pick um, kind of which one of these land with you. I know that for me, there are three that really um, yeah jump out at yeah, me. Same here. Um, And and we'll go through them quickly, and then maybe dissect them individually. So we have number one is control. Number two is perfection. Number three is having the answer. Number four is being there for everyone, and number five is approval. And as you just take a cursory look at that, Jason, what, yeah.
0: what are the ones that stick out to you? Oh gosh, uh, well, in some ways, they're they're they you know all five kind of like I guess you know touch to a certain degree. Sure, so I guess sure. in my in my pie chart of uh, <laughs> what's in my pie chart into what uh, which one has the most, I would say. Um sometimes, uh, you know, I would say approvals in there for me, um, perfection. I I'd like if I'm going to do something, you know, I really like to give it all that I can. And, um, you know, it's, it's a toss between control and, and being there for everybody. So I don't know, I'd say approval because, you know, sometimes, you know, like in leadership positions, you you, you want to be liked and, you know, and you're like, okay, well, was that good? Sometimes in the back of my mind, and I can tell you, like over time, that that's been less. But I would still say that that's present for me. Sure. Uh, but what
1: about you? What What jumps out at you? So I had three of them that were real obvious. One is control. Um, I love change as long as it's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my kind of my like. I I I hate surprises. I hate them. Gotcha. Uh, and what it does for me is um, I have a need to to get ahead of where things are going and try to predict it so that mm-hmm. I can make decisions based on where I think it's headed, which uh, the the unfortunate thing is I've been successful enough at it to trust that too much. And so gotcha. uh, I wind up, I wind up either really being a hero or really being a zero. Like there's no middle ground. Cause if you guess wrong yeah. Uh, and like with COVID, with the, the way the world has been, Reacting this way and that way, and you know, it it just—it was so impossible to predict. Like, where—where is this going? Where are we headed? And um, it it really pushed on that control button. So it raised a lot of anxiety for people because of that um, control. Um, Having the answer is one of them for me. That's a core, core driver, and especially by virtue of my position, I'm supposed to have the answer. Um, And then being there for everyone. Uh, which is funny because i don't care about approval at all <laughs> yeah that's cool <laughs> um the but being there for everyone like being able to be the the point person to fix problems like yeah. uh like already um you know as we as we record this we are at the beginning stages of russia invading ukraine yeah. And already we're trying to figure out like, hey, how can we be there for the Ukrainian Christians? How can we, you know, how can we serve yeah. the church in, in the Ukraine during this time? Um, and so, you know, that's that's uh, it's just a core driver for me. And when yeah. I don't know how to do that, when I don't know how to be there for you, um, it creates anxiety in me.
0: Yeah. I mean, just listening to you more, I, <clears throat> I think probably um, perfection has got to be... I probably toss with that one a lot because, you know, I, like I said, I struggle, like if I'm going to do something, I really give it my all. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm am i I'm just hard on myself. I'm really, really, really hard on myself. So when the voice wants to start talking like, Oh, Jenkins, you know, you cut it on this better, you know, it could have done this better. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where that my cause I can see how control for you, right. is tied into having the answers and being there for everybody and um, kind of like that link. And I think that's why that perfection and maybe that approval for me is kind of like, you know, brother and sister a little bit. Yeah. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, well hold on. So I need a little feedback loop. Was that okay? Was it good? You know? And it's weird because I don't need it to go do it, but it's like this kind of, weird feedback loop I guess in my mind the more I think about it yeah you know
1: yeah the the whole purpose of a feedback loop which is good uh, feedback loops are important for you to get real feedback yeah. and and I think the higher you elevate in leadership the more important that is mm-hmm. But um, because you have fewer and fewer people that will actually say it. Correct. Um, but that being said, I think it, it means different things to different people. Like for for one person, it can just simply be like, okay, I can do this better, do that better. It's about the task. For yeah. other people, it's about, oh, I want you to like me. Therefore, I want you to give me feedback so I can know how to make you like me.
0: Yeah, I, I probably... I, well, I definitely fall on the first part. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, but yeah, it's... <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I if I'm not doing something the best I can, I, it starts. You know, I get really like crazy. Jen's yeah, like, you just need to stop. I'm like no, because because <laughs> so one of the benefits that I grew up with was my father. Um, he just he was kind of old school in a sense like, hey, I want you to dream big, make it happen. But there's the lawnmower, so go mow the lawn. You know, go dig a hole. And so at a very young age, he really gave me a, I feel like a great gift like. Hey, we're going to go do it. We're, we are going to do this the best we possibly can. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I was in elementary school and I'm like, dad, I'm going to run for class president. I think it was like third or fourth grade. (laughs) And he's like, awesome. So we literally, it was like, I'll never forget, like vote for Jenkins. Uh, I have no idea where he got the copies. Like we hundreds of pieces of paper (laughs) on black and yellow. And I went around the school with my dad, you know, just posting it everywhere. You know, and people were like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, I'm here to win. That's you right know what I mean so uh, I think that's just where some of that comes from so. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, that's awesome
1: yeah I, uh, I, I think these core false needs and this is important that they're false needs these are the broad category yeah. sources of chronic anxiety and and I think it would you would do well if you're listening to this podcast to just sit and assess that for yeah. a little bit like what is what are the ones that hit with me what are what are, what resonates in in me as you say that um, the the problem is out of those core needs, you have um, kind of an inner critic and uh, this this inner critic of you sends you a message that I would call um, the gospel of anxiety. like we mm-hmm. have a we all have a gospel that we carry. Um, obviously for me, that gospel is rooted in Jesus, but, um, the the everything is got a gospel everything's got a message like here's what i promise for you and the reality is you don't you don't hold on to anxiety if it doesn't have a payoff and and that's the like i hate anxiety nah, you might not like what it does to you long term but the truth is you hold on to it because it has a payoff somewhere and yeah. I, identifying what that payoff is is important um but the the inner critic is sends you a message rooted in that Uh, core false need, whatever it is. Uh, And so I'll give you an example for me, um, because having the answer is a high priority. Um, This is something that emerged as we were spending time with it uh, in the workshop. And that is that if I don't have the answer to literally every situation in everybody's life, in the church whether that's organizationally or personally or family or mm-hmm. whatever if i don't have the answer if i don't have the answer not an answer yeah. if i don't have the answer um, for every situation i'm not worthy of my position yeah now when i say that out loud i'm like that's crazy like that that's yeah. nonsense but i also realize i'm i'm uh, internally in tune enough to know that that's still true, (laughs) that that I still believe that, you know, Um, even though when you say it out loud, it's crazy. And and so when you start identifying your inner critic, uh, it might be good for you to use lots of superlatives, use lots of absolutes. That's kind of how the inner Mm -hmm. critic works. And that's why it creates... Anxiety because it puts you in a double bind. It puts you in a lose lose, uh,
0: and that that winds up being why you're like this is impossible. Yeah, it, it really kind of neutralizes you in a lot of ways if you think about it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, all right, it's flaring up, and and all of a sudden you just you you begin to stop, right? Uh, and and that's and that's just not where growth and progress actually takes place. It's you know us. That's why we're talking about it today is recognizing. You know, that's the battleground I have to fight. Yeah. Just like you have to fight it, I have to fight the ones, um, you know, like we all individually do. And I think when you move away from it, right, that's where growth doesn't take place. It's it's when that overpowers us and we begin to neutralize. And then we, then we start, you know, camouflaging that in different various forms, right? If it's from drinking or getting frustrated at other people, lashing out, like those are the things, how it expresses itself. And, yeah. Which are, no, that's too healthy. (laughs) it's not. And
1: even if you find a healthy coping skill, like like exercise or something like that, that can actually
0: get unhealthy for people. It absolutely can. Because at
1: the end of the day, there's a difference between coping to process and coping to avoid. Mm -hmm. And so when you're dealing with anxiety, you have to find ways to cope with it, to process it. Not to avoid it. And, yep. and and part of that is just being internally aware. The other thing that's a this this is a huge tool is um, what's called uh, differentiation. And again, if you uh, if you want more information on this, just go on YouTube and YouTube um, search differentiation in systems theory. So differentiation is essentially the ability for us to stay present within ourselves to not have to take on because here's the problem with anxiety. It's contagious. It's the most contagious of all the emotions. And if you think about negative emotions, like grief isn't contagious. Like I I don't if you're grieving for something, I can empathize with you, but I don't have to take on your grief. Mm Anxiety is contagious. Yeah. Like if you come in anxious, I immediately start it's a weird like um it's more contagious than COVID. It, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, uh, I
0: totally agree with you.
1: It's a weird thing where, um, where we're like, man, if you feel off, then I have to somehow. It raises my anxiety, and and if we're not careful, the only, um, this is one of the statements that Steve Cuss made that was so good. The most anxious person in the room holds the power unless there's a differentiated leader there. So the key to dealing with this is differentiation, and, and differentiation is essentially the ability to say, I don't have to take on your anxiety, regardless of where it's coming from. I can be aware of what's happening inside of me. I can own that, process it well, and respond to you in a way that's appropriate. Um, and so it's, it's basically you know, two worlds holding distinct space, not, not without compassion or connection, but not also not being overly, um, like owning what's not mine to own. Gotcha. Um, and and so we tend toward these two extremes. One is detachment. Detachment is like, I don't care. Like, great that you know that's an issue, not an ish me. You know yeah. that, that's a, it's it's one of those one of those kind of spaces. Um, and and you don't when you're in that space, you don't listen. You don't. You're not present with the person, um, which is unkind. Mm-hmm. If a person is is stressed, elevated anxiety, it's unkind to not care about that. Um, but what we do is we start to listen to try to, like, uh, I'm going to listen right up until I have a response to you, and then I'm not going to listen anymore. So you can say whatever you want to after that. Now I'm just waiting for my opportunity to say what I wanted to say, yeah. rather than just really being present. Um, we listen to defend, like, let me... Yeah. You, and. People do this all the time in arguments, um, where there, there'll be a broader topic that's being discussed and there'll be one little piece of data that was inaccurate. And so we launch into that piece of data and lose the bigger picture. Correct. Uh, And we do that all the time. Um, when we're trying to defend it's just, but it's unkind.
0: Yeah. I feel like I see it often in, uh, the current environment I'm in, you know, people like trying to justify their positions and, you know all the lovely politics that can happen in corporations. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Well, and when you have a competitive culture, like I, yeah. I know people that are like, I love creating a competitive culture because it brings out the best in people. know um, yeah. what it does is it forces me to stack myself against you. Like, correct. where do I measure up? And then in order for me to measure up, in order for me to be big, I have to make you small. Mm-hmm. So then it's a teardown culture. It's not a, a competitive culture can be really counterproductive to correct. health. That's
0: correct.
1: Um, and create
0: more anxiety, which creates more problems. You know, people don't produce well when they're in an anxious state. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't. And I, and I think it's something that you said, like I, what I really appreciate about this is that this is titled leadership anxiety, you know, getting back to your point that the most anxious person in the room is the one that controls it unless there's an override to that. Right. And, and we're, I think we're really living that in real time today, as we talk about Ukraine and Russia. I mean, some of the commentary coming from the Ukraine president. I mean, you're seeing somebody step up and saying, Hey, yeah, this is high. There's a lot going on here. right? uh, And I'm not leaving, you know, I'm not moving. And, and, and you're kind of seeing that take, I don't know, was I listening to you that that's what I love about this conversation Yeah. because we are, we're always leading. If you think about your family, your businesses, your friendships, you know, walking into it. And so, um, I just kind of want to make that comment because as I was listening to you, that, really kind of stood out to me. Yeah, and know, I the think of it.
1: one of the great things about this is once you have a filter like this, a, a metric like this to think through, it's interesting to start watching people that are leading, like whether that's on the news or you're, you know, watching people at work yep. or even in your own family. Like, are you? How are you managing your kids' anxiety? Um, and I think what happens too many times. Um, so we struggle at one end with detachment on the other end, we struggle with enmeshment and enmeshment means I'm I'm way over owning, which is, you know, to your point about mowing the lawn, that's a good differentiation. What, what a lot of parents will do with their kids is they will over own their kids anxiety or desires, which it stunts the child's ability to problem solve. Yeah. Now I, I have like, I've, I don't, I work hard so that I can provide for my kids. And and it is such a good feeling when they come and ask me like, dad, Hey, can I have money for this? And I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. That is such a fulfilling, like you can, because, because I provide. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Um, But the reality is that's actually counterproductive to your child. Like, yeah, you can have it if you'll.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. It's one thing, like I said, I feel like that's one of the better things my father gave me. Um, you know, and I you try to instill that on in the kids, but there is that, you know, that sense of you're like, I can say yes, want to say yes, but should I say yes? Yeah. Right? Yep. So
1: So if you've if you are listening to this and you're like, Yeah, I know exactly where I been toward when it comes to understanding anxiety, I either want to get way too involved and solve it for everybody or I just disconnect and don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you tend towards uh, enmeshment, here's some just some quick questions: Where do I end and the other person begins? What's mine to carry? What's theirs to carry? And what is God's to carry? What we do a lot of times in Christian circles is try to play the role of God. Um, and then, uh, when God is when is God calling me to carry a burden? When is He calling me to walk alongside? And that is a that's good. That's a dance. That is an art, not a science. Yeah. Um, and we will make mistakes in trying this stuff on. But these are still the right questions to ask if you're bending towards being over-involved. When we rescue someone or we, we try to fix them, and this yeah. is uh, from a clinical perspective, it's called burden shifting. So they, they want to, I have a burden, and I tell you about it so that you will take it, which they've actually measured. Um, they've actually studied this. And when you, do, when you take somebody's burden, you reduce their ability to change by 80%. Eighty percent chance of them staying the same if you try to fix it for them, even though it feels great yeah. to be the answer person, you know. Um, but that's that's that. If you tend towards detachment, you're like I just kind of cut my, I just turn my emotions off, and I'm there with them, but I don't really get too sucked in. Um, pay attention to how you listen to people. Be more present. Work work at being more engaged with them. From an empathetic perspective,
0: yeah, I just spent the last <clears throat> two days, you know, teaching around just actively listening, you know, and it's a really tough thing to do in a society when you think about how much is flying at us. Um, and I really think that that hits back to this conversation. You have to really listen as to what is that person really trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Not so much what their words, right, but what's really coming from the heart, and and how how can I be present? Um, and really process that in such a way that's productive between the two individuals, whatever the context is. Right? Yeah,
1: I can tell you if if I've had a day uh, with three or four meetings where I have to really be intentional about how I'm listening. Like it's a there's problems and I'm trying to get at problem solving which is a big part of what you do in yep. leadership right um, but that that being said if I've had three or four of those meetings in a day I come home worn out yeah like it is it is hard yeah <laughs> it's hard now it's fun to be in a brainstorming where we're like I don't have to really get in and be emotionally present with you we can talk and dream and mm. have fun and, and bang ideas around and all that stuff that's fun yeah um, you know a business meeting is not fun but it's just about tasks and you know blah 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 we can get through that but if i've had to stay like deeply emotionally present with people yeah i i'm worn out like i'm going to sleep well <laughs> that night i am yeah uh because i have a tendency to bend that direction i have a tendency to write people off very quickly um and get to just arms length um that's what I learned as a kid. That's my protection mechanism. And so it's a skill to learn to be able to sit in that pocket where we can be really, truly present mm-hmm. and understanding of where they're coming from, yep. uh, but not overly own it uh, and not get sucked into carrying the burden for them. It's, people are so good at that. Yes, People are so good at passing those. So good at passing those. So... Um, Quickly, let th- this is just quick. Five steps to lower anxiety. Um, number one, keep your anxiety from spilling out. Like if you're if you're feeling anxious, acknowledge it and uh, don't let it out. Number two is keep from catching theirs. If somebody else is feeling anxious, you don't have to own that. Like no, yeah. just because you feel anxious doesn't mean I have to feel anything. Um, number three, stay emotionally connected to yourself and to
0: them. Like be aware emotionally. Um, that's not ownership, that's just awareness. I think that's a big one. I really do. I think that is you know it's almost like kind of going up to the you know the chalkboard and kind of painting it for what it is right. I, I think that's a really big point when you think about what we're discussing is like you said recognizing where is it coming from me where is it coming from them in order for that to be a productive, conversation even if it was with yourself you yeah know, or with others
1: yeah and you can like a perfect example in the work world would be if somebody comes in you's like man i i feel like i can't succeed because da mm-hmm. keeps getting in the way whatever that is this keeps getting in the way and i feel pretty hopeless Whew, man that that is hard i can acknowledge that like i yeah. can acknowledge that that sucks Ooh, that's that's rough what are you gonna do yeah, yeah, had a couple of those this week. I had a couple of those. <laughs> I this mean, week. and that's that's the that's good differentiation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how are you going to handle that? Like, not from right. a callous place, but just a. It's not my problem, and I get that that's a hard problem, but yeah. it's not my problem, so I don't have to. I don't have to overown it. Um, number four is stay connected to your vision and values. Like, that's
0: a big one. That's huge. I think that's a big one. Yeah. Because you know, if you, if you don't know, I, I saw that I'm paraphrasing the quote from John Maxwell. He said, you know, he talked about the number one attribute to a, a great leader's integrity, but he's like, if you don't know yourself then you can't have integrity. And right. I think it gets back to this statement. Yep. Like, okay. What, who am I? What are, what is my value system? And what is the vision that I have for that? Like mm-hmm. a, th- those are two separate pieces because it's that vision aspect that I actually think begins to harness action. Because mm-hmm. you can go like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of who I am, but you can suffocate that, you know. And then, yep. But it's that vision of like, no, this is this is actually taking me off of who who I am and my purpose and where I should be. So yep. I, I think that's a really big one.
1: Yeah, and I would say your personal vision, like your own internal, like this yep. is who I am, Correct. and then and then your corporate vision as well. Like you, what you can. When somebody's in the work world, they come in with a work situation and they're worked up about it. And always filter that through vision. Yep. Always filter that through the values of your corporation. And if you don't know what those are. You got some homework. To you do. got some homework to do because you're creating anxiety in your employees. Like, unfairly, because they don't know if they're winning or not. Mm-hmm. Um, vision and values gives us a clean win, and that's Correct. important. And then the last one is aligning your values with reality. So if you have a, value, um, a personal value system, which we all do, so it's best for us to identify and name those things. But if you have a, a personal value system that is just not congruent with reality, your values need to change. Yeah, Like, people exist to serve me. <laughs> yeah, I can value that, but it's not reality, Correct. right? And so I need to align my values and doing so will help me achieve my values
0: or live a life consistent with my values much more often because it's rooted in reality. Yeah. I, again, I, I really think this content is so, it's so good. This is just really good content because we all we all suffer from this. Yep, that's because we're human beings. <laughs>
1: yep, we, absolutely, and, absolutely. You
0: know, and so it's just a great way to really process the next time that I'm getting anxious. Like, you know, where where is this coming from? Why is it there? And and doing a reality check with this. You know, like that's what I think these five points are, right? You know, keeping anxiety from spilling out. Okay, how do I suffocate this or put it in a box? Keep it from catching. You know, uh, you know. Keeping uh, from catching theirs, right? So, hey, if I'm talking to you, making sure it's not spilling over, staying emotionally connected to yourself and them, staying connected to the vision of values and the alignment of values, and reality. like it's just a stacking. I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. It just really makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, this is this is tremendous content, and and of course, uh, Steve's content is rooted in lots and lots of years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he he was the um, lead pastor at a church in Broomfield. Now he's there part time, and he's doing more with uh, the leadership anxiety stuff on a more full time basis. So um, this is something that is really great. He's got coaching available, all that stuff. But um, for me, anytime that I come across content that's like, "Gosh, this is really," yeah,
0: it's got to get out there. This has got to get out there, and and I feel like that's. Part of our role is yeah. to give it a voice. I do. And and I and one thing that just, you know, looking at the notes here, I, I just think it's worth repeating is the most anxious person in the room holds the power unless there's a differentiated leader there. Yep. And so the next time you walk into any situation, be you know professional or personal, I I, I would I would encourage you to think about that. Like you know, the observation about is it me? <laughs> is it like who in this room is kind of setting the tone? and if you can sense it then how can i be that person that begins to override that situation yep and and sometimes that might be taking the time out and calling that person out of the room but like hey you know are you okay like what's going on you know what i mean um i could i just sense that there's something there and and you know this you know, what we what we're doing is important Yeah. right so i need you here and locked in and you know like mm-hmm. and but so really just taking a proactive approach to it uh, whatever the situation might be, I think could be very helpful.
1: Yeah, there was there was one other piece that he had here that the 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 opposite of anxiety isn't calm. The opposite of anxiety is curiosity. I was like, ooh, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so if you want to, if you're feeling anxious, start asking questions. Don't mm-hmm. like breathe. Oh, like <laughs> don't do a meditation. Even though that's that's not awful, but. Um, get curious, start asking lots of questions. Um, and then he said the two things that are guaranteed to displace anxiety is love and laughter. Those are two things that are guaranteed. So, uh, when you're feeling anxious, knowing that you are being loved or having someone to love you well is actually really significant. And then the other one is laughter. And here's all I'll say about that one caveat. Um, I grew up with a dad that displaced his own anxiety by cracking jokes. So anytime he got nervous, he would try to be funny. Um, Dad's
0: nervous because that's a really bad joke. Yeah,
1: (laughs) which um, really was frustrating for us as kids. So like, Uh. you don't get to alleviate other people's um, anxiety by disregarding it with a joke. Um, You need to hang in there. But uh, if you're feeling anxious... Uh, finding a stand-up comedian that you enjoy um, and like, hey, I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to dial into this, or uh, a sitcom that you know is going to make you laugh. Whatever it is, um, you can find a space for yourself where you can laugh and then anxiety gets displaced. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So this stuff was good, and and I think even just in what we've talked about, there are probably... 10 or 12 layers to what we're As unpacking, well. and we're right on the surface of it. But um, if this is helpful for you, uh, like it, um, rate it, review it, um, share it with somebody that you yeah. think might benefit from this. I think we all have um, layers of anxiety that are worth exploring. And so if you have somebody that's like, yeah, this would just be so awesome for them, you're, please share it with them. Um if you have any questions or in, any uh, ways that you find yourself dealing with anxiety, uh, we'd love to have you email us, Jason at Ariel-Tribe.com or Aaron at Ariel-Tribe.com. And uh, we'd love to have that um, information. Also, if you have any other show ideas that you're like, hey, we'd love to hear you talk about this, yeah, please us know. email us and we will... Um, We'll make sure that we get that topic on the air. But we are going to be back soon with another great episode. And so until then, take care and be well.